Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, if you and your schedule of time for a week never make any room for God, you won't have any room for God by the end of the week. Because time just has a way of absorbing itself. So Elijah says to her, well, before you do anything first, you make this little cake. So your tithes and offerings, your giving first, that's why it's called first fruits. That's why it's off the top. It goes to God first. Some people think God's being kind of petty to require that his followers give to him first. Some people feel that this command is rather insensitive. After all, people have bills to pay and obligations that have to be met. If your thinking in this matter sounds like what I just said, listen to Pastor Mark's teaching today. He'll have an answer for you. You'll discover that it isn't about God's poverty or grasping after your money as much as it is about your attitude that you might have towards your stuff. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 as he begins his message, All Kinds of Prayers. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. 1 Kings chapter 17. A little girl was sitting on her grandfather's lap as he read her a good night story. From time to time, she would take her eyes off the book and reach up to touch his wrinkled cheek. Then she would touch her own cheek thoughtfully. Finally, she spoke, Grandpa, did God make you? Yes, sweetheart, he answered. God made me a long time ago. Did God make me too, she asked. Yes, indeed, honey, he answered. God made you just a little while ago. She touched his face and then her own again. He's getting better at it, isn't he? (laughs) How many relate to that? That's right. Well, the more we learn about God, the more we pray, the better our prayers. Have you noticed we're getting better? We're becoming more like God because we're obeying what he told us to do. Get the stakes down. I'll be sending more people here. You'll be going out into different areas of ministry all over. Get the stakes down. One of the stakes that we're really spending time with is prayer. We talked a little bit about Elijah and we talked about the promises of God to us and obviously the promises of prayer that God makes throughout the Bible. We learn one very important thing. We're just going to highlight it quickly and bring us up to speed. We learn that Elijah was an incredible prophet, but he was a man just like you and I. So we can really relate to him. Look at verse 
8. We'll go through this quickly because we studied this, but I want to relate to it specifically on all kinds of prayer. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah. Remember, God had been taking care of him next to a brook. There was famine in the land because God hated that the people of Israel had turned to worshiping Baal. And Elijah came and said, there's not going to be any more rain. And all of a sudden, this drought came through the land. Well, the brook dried up where Elijah was, and God sent him specifically to a foreign part of the area of Israel, a little north of that. And it was pagan country. It was the heart of Baal worship. Notice, then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And now as he's there, notice what happens. When he came to a town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you please bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. And as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar, a little oil in a jug, and I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son." I want you to, in verse 13, and we're not going to enlarge on it except just to say this. Notice in verse 13, circle the word in that sentence that says, but first. First. You see, this is a principle we give to God in our lives, in our finances, in our time, first. See, if you and your schedule of time for a week never make any room for God, You won't have any room for God by the end of the week. Because time just has a way of absorbing itself. So Elijah says to her, well, before you do anything first, you make this little cake. So your tithes and offerings, your giving, first, that's why it's called first fruits. That's why it's off the top. It goes to God first. Now notice when she does this, when she gives to God first, and really that's all she has, Notice what happens. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Now here's a great illustration and you can think about it. Just substitute in verse 14. God says to you, give your first tank of gas to the church. And what would his promise be to you? You'd never have to fill up with gas again. Hallelujah! You see, you have to make it relative to where we live today. Amazing. And you look at that and you go, well, that, you can't, yes, that's exactly what's happening. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food. How much food? Every day for Elijah. We'll see the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Remember this passage when we go back. See, they didn't have one for tomorrow. Do you remember the nation of Israel when they had to go out and pick the manna? How often did God give it? Every day except when he didn't want the Sabbath, he gave it for two days. But every single day he provided for it. And when we get to Matthew chapter 6, 
Well, that's really going to relate to us. For every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. So when we give to God, he's our provider. Now, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping, circle these words, with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So this miracle took place because God said to do it. Elijah commanded the lady to do it. She did it. Obedience brought provision. Now, I want you to think about this story for a moment. We take it for granted in the Bible that people just do what God says for them to do. But remember the premise from the New Testament. Elijah was a man just like you and me. Is there anybody here when God said in your life to do this, you didn't do it? There you are. Now, let me read you some what ifs. What if Elijah doesn't obey God and go to the house of this woman? What if? What's the result? What if Elijah goes, I'll go there, but it's not like the right timing, God. I need a few weeks to get this resolved. What do we discover? She's dead. Her son. This was their last meal. What if Elijah doesn't obey God and asks the woman to fix him some bread? It's also the last meal. You see, what if Elijah limits God by his small thinking and goes, God, I can't ask her to do that. Then she dies. Elijah has nobody to provide him food. Don't have the what ifs in your life. We cannot limit God. When God speaks to you, listen and simply do what he asks you to do. And this is how he usually speaks to us. Now, let me ask you another question. You're going to see at the end of our teaching that this Gentile woman, pagan, becomes a believer. What if Elijah doesn't go to her house? She not only dies physically, but she dies spiritually. Don't you think about that? See, we just read the stories, and that's a good thing for you to do when you study the Bible. Just take it from the opposite angle and say, what if, what if this didn't happen, what if this didn't happen, what if this didn't happen, what if... Wow, here it is. So if Elijah doesn't obey God, this woman dies, she dies, and her son dies, and she never comes to know the true God. So Elijah doesn't limit God, he does obey And he operates in faith. Now, why does he do that? Because prayer is a conversation with God. God has been talking to Elijah. God is talking to you. He's talking to you through his word. And most people are shocked. And you're going to see this woman, when a disaster comes in her life, she doesn't know even how to pray. Let's read on. Now, when Elijah came into this woman's life, this unbelieving woman, everything changed. 
God wants to direct us in every area of our life, and it's not, very often, it's not even about us. This was about this woman and her son, and of course it was about Elijah being fed, but it wasn't just about Elijah. Look at verse 17. Circle these first three words. Some time later. Now, we don't know what some time later means, but it, it was probably weeks, could have been months. This miracle took place for almost two years. So, here's Elijah staying in the top of this little house, away from the widow downstairs with her son. We don't know how old the son was. Every day they get up and they go to the jar and there's oil and there's meal and there's bread for the day. Would you call that incredible every day that you go and you see it? What if you see it ten days in a row? Would you still call it incredible? What if you see it fifty days in a row? Would you still call it incredible? Yeah, you would, but it doesn't have the same punch as it did for the first three days, does it? You see, every day you come to this church, some of you are brand new and it's like, wow, I can study the Bible and there's people that love God. This is incredible. Some of you have been coming for two years and five years and ten years. Hey, man, yeah, study the Bible here. It's cool. Do you understand what I'm saying? We just get used to God's blessing, don't we? So, this is really a mountaintop for Elijah. What quite often happens after a mountaintop? The valley's so low. So it says, some time later. Huge miracles, every day, full of excitement. Bang. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Sometime later, how quickly life can change. What a difference a day can make. Do you know this, that one day every single person in this room will wake up and that day something will change and it will never be the same again. You'll have many of those days. That's what life is. I remember many years ago, probably 10, 12 years ago, something like that, maybe 13, 14 years ago. Now, I don't remember the date. I got a call early in the morning. Hello? This is Shirley, your stepmom. Your dad just passed away. Huh? Not sick? Never been in the hospital? Gone. Died during the night. You've had those calls. You'll have a phone call. This happened. You walk into work. You got it planned. I noticed today, Eastman Kodak, 10,000 people. They're going to lay off. You see, you go to work and everything's fine. Boom. There it is. You ladies get up one morning and everything's fine. You're taking a shower and you notice something. To the doctor. Boom. Guys, same way physically. All in a heartbeat. Life changes. This is what happened. They're at this incredible high. And they get up one morning and 
this son is, well, he's just sick. And then he dies. Write this down. Life is unpredictable, but be at peace because God is unchanging. Now keep your finger there and turn with me to James New Testament chapter 4. You see, Elijah's, along with this woman, have experienced this incredible miracle. But now, there's a challenge that faces Elijah. Praying for daily bread is one thing. But what do you do in a home now where there's death? And it's simple to read this, that the woman who owned the house, the son became ill, grew worse, and finally stopped breathing. It's one thing to read. It's another thing to be in the house when that happened. In James chapter 4, James reminds us down in verse 13 what this is all about. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You see, life is unpredictable. What is your life? You're just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, and I'll explain that in a moment, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Now, you have to be balanced in this, but here's what I want you to write. It is good to make plans. It's biblical to make plans. But always include God in our plans. So prayer is a two-way conversation. I try to pray to God and say, here's what I believe you want us to do. We prayed this morning to the staff. You know, as we're hiring different people, we always want the right people that God wants in the staff. You say, Pastor Mark, at church you're going to pray that God would give you the right people on staff for the accounting position and the secretarial things and the accounting and all that? Yes! It's good to plan. You take resumes, you go through it, but we pray about everybody. I used to pray about people when I hired them in the pharmacy department. Didn't have to be Christians, but I prayed. God, is this the person that you want there? So, James says, be careful that you make plans, but you don't consult God. Elijah had no idea how God was going to continue to use him, but no doubt he had shared with this woman about God, Jehovah. Elijah stayed right where he was. He didn't move until God said to move on. I think this is an interesting key. Listen to what I just said. See, Elijah's here. He sees the miracle. The bread's there every day. Elijah's kind of a goer. He's a doer. He's probably saying to God, God, okay, it's been 32 days now. The the bread's here. This is great. What are we doing here? It's time for me to go. Where am I going next? God doesn't send him anywhere. He stays right there. And now a death comes. It's a very important thing. Good to plan. When you're planning your life, don't make quick decisions. And as God says, go. If you haven't heard from God and you're confused about that next step, here's what I say. Stay right where God told you the last step was. Right here. Maybe you're in this building and you're thinking, well, I'd like to make a move, you know. This Florida heat. I believe God's calling me to the mountains. There's something about those mountains he's calling me to. 
Hmm. Those of you who still live in Detroit, God called you to Florida during the winter. Those snows are, and again, no problem. I like to be here, whatever, because I like warm weather. But that's not why I came here. Really, God called us here. And if you're here and you believe God's calling you, but you don't have an open door, do not go. You wait till he says move. So Elijah doesn't go anywhere. And he stays right there, and he consults God, and I know every day he's asking God, what next? And all of a sudden, in this comes this disaster, and life is unpredictable, but Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, while I'm making plans, and we're making plans here for this church and other churches and all kind of different stuff we're praying with and whatever, as we're doing this, this is the vision we have. This is as good as it gets. Now, we can look back a little bit, but we can see just a little bit out front. But see, God's at the head of this parade. If you've ever seen that, he's way up here. He knows the start and the end of my life. He knows the next step. He knows around the corner when that phone call is going to come, when that change is going to come, when it's good news, bad news. He knows I don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. But I want to be right where he is. That's what prayer is about. It's two-way conversation with God. It's not this super spiritual thing. It's an everyday walk that we sang. Show me your way that I might walk with you. Walk with you. That's the key. That's what Christianity is all about. So, remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right, back to 1 Kings 17, 18. Now, when this child dies, you can imagine the emotion... It's hard when an adult dies, but when a child dies, whew, very tough. Notice, she says to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? So obviously he'd been talking to her. She doesn't know much about God, Jehovah. God put him there. She's been sharing. So what is she saying? Well, she's saying a thing that you and I are very familiar with. Life is unfair, but God is good. If you think that if you become a Christian, your life is just going to smooth out, there's not going to be any hiccups, there's not going to be any road bumps, everything's going to be smooth, you don't understand life. No, it rains on the just and the unjust. We all have difficulties in life, but now we have God. So this mother thought her son had died because of some sin she had committed. I want you to understand this. She doesn't understand or know God. She hasn't learned to trust God. I mean, this is all new to her. The same God that was providing daily provisions for her, she doesn't even equate it to, maybe he can do something about a dead son. She's limited God. That's out of her realm. To be very honest, it's pretty much out of our realm, isn't it? Now, why the connection between sin and God's judgment? Well, we know that the scripture says that. Be sure your sin will find you out. But understand this. Sin causes all kinds of trouble, disease and death. But that was never God's original plan. Remember that. Life is unfair, not because of God. Life is unfair because of sin. 
In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the different types of prayers that the Christ follower might make. You got to see that the prophet Elijah talked to God in different ways about different issues. Pastor Mark showed that the common thread in Elijah's differing prayers was Elijah's unchanging attitude toward God as he prayed to God. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In his next teaching, Pastor Mark will continue this message, All Kinds of Prayers. You'll hear more about Elijah's prayers and how they can be models of how you can pray to God. You'll hear more about the widow that God sent Elijah to and her misunderstanding about God's nature and how God used Elijah to show her God's true heart toward her and her family. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.